Well, that's how this morning is going to go, isn't it? All right. John and I, there's a little bit of a height difference, so now there's a big height difference. Hey, what's up? Good morning. How you guys doing? Are you excited to be here? Man, what a good morning. What a good gift. This is Pete. Everybody say thank you, Pete, for fixing things that I break. Pete. It's Pete's birthday today? Come on, can we give it up for Pete? Happy birthday, Pete. You're the man. Saving the day on your birthday. What a guy. Well, I planned an introduction and it did not look like this. So I'm going to try to do a recovery. Pete, you're awesome. Thank you, man. Do you want to preach too? Because you're doing everything else. Good grief. You just, you nailed it, man. That, that is a message in itself. Did we all receive it? Amen. Thank you for coming this morning. Well, uh, I'm David. I'm on staff uh, here at Center Church and then also uh, at Frontline. I bounce back and forth between the campuses, and uh, we're in the middle of a series right now called Unexpected, and just loving this series, having a lot of fun with it, uh, but it's talking about five different miracles of Jesus and how miracles are often unexpected. Uh, we don't see them coming. Uh, Jesus kind of just did them throughout the text, and you just go, wow, that was crazy, that was cool, uh, but often, many times, we ask the question, why did Jesus do that? So we're, we're going through this series, Unexpected, and the miracle we're talking about today is about fishing, and so to start us off, my original introduction before this mishap uh, is just to tell you a little bit about fishing. Fishing is one of my favorite uh, pastimes growing up. I did it a lot with my grandpa, and honestly, it didn't matter where we went. It didn't honestly matter a ton if I caught anything. Uh, it was just a lot of fun being out there with my grandpa, uh, whether it's on the pier down in South Haven, you know, the pier that goes out into Lake Michigan, or on a bow or on a little lake. I loved the early mornings with him. I loved like the evening, just dusk, you know, sun starting to set. And I just loved fishing. But there was one time I remember fishing and my grandpa wasn't there, but we were at uh, some friend's condo and uh, there was like a pond that they had. And so me and my younger three siblings, so I'm the oldest of four, my younger three siblings and my family, we all went over. My dad brought all of our fishing gear and we got worms and stuff like that. And so I was like 12, 13 at the time. And I'm going, this is going to be awesome. I love fishing. I don't care if you catch anything. This is going to be a lot of fun. And so I cast my pole out there and the bobber's sitting out and I'm waiting and pulling it in. Not a good spot. I'm going to try another spot over here. And I make the mistake of looking over at like my six-year-old sister who has this pole. It's like this big. We called it the Snoopy pole. Because there was like Snoopy on it. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Right? The Walmart special like 20 years ago. So she has this Snoopy pole and it, she didn't try. She didn't do anything. She'd like throw the worst cast you'd ever seen in her life. She'd go, whoa, I got one. And she'd just reel it right in. And it's like, okay, so she's got one. And I'm over here going, all right, one nothing, right? Not that I'm keeping score. Not that it matters, right? We're all playing just to have fun. Millennial, does that sound like? And uh, I'm like, we're just having fun. We're just out fishing. And she threw the worst cast I've seen in my life. And it's just, I'm amazed she didn't hook herself and cast herself back into the water. And she pulls out another one and another one and another one. This girl pulled out 12. 12 fish before I pulled one. Do you know what's going through my mind as an older brother at this point? All of a sudden, this is a, a score and I am losing to my six-year-old sister. I'm getting mad, I'm getting frustrated and every one of my other siblings and my dad picked up on it and my dad goes, whoa, Angela's a way better fisherman than David is. And I'm sitting here going, there is no skill in what she's doing at all. Her technique is horrible. You're feeding all of it. You know, you're putting the worms on everything. I'm over here doing everything. And so it became to the point where like she would cast and I'd be on the side and I'd just whip one like a fastball. And I'd put my bobber right next to hers. She'd pull it in every time. I didn't, I caught nothing. 
Do you know that? This whole time I was fuming. I stayed out there later than everybody else. I could not catch a fish. And for you fisher, any fishermen out there, fisherwomen, is that how you say? I don't know. Anybody who fishes, any fisher people out here, um, you know, is this just how it goes sometimes? Maybe just for me, based on that response, maybe not. Um, my experience has been sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, right? Sometimes you catch some, sometimes you don't. If you have a Bible, open it up. We're gonna be in Luke 5. And uh, the story that we're jumping into or the scene right where we're at uh, is fishermen. Uh, fisherman, a guy named Simon, he's been out fishing. And Simon had a day like I had where he was out all night long and fishing and fishing and fishing and could not catch a thing. And you can imagine the frustration, particularly when this is your career and your livelihood and you're good at it. And he did not catch a thing. So Luke 5, we're gonna be in verse one and we're at the lake. Uh, it's called the Lake of Gennesaret. I think that's how you say it. Sea of Galilee. That's easier to say. We're gonna say Sea of Galilee. Everybody say Sea of Galilee. Love it. All right, so Luke 5, starting in verse one, it goes like this. One day as Jesus was standing by the Lake of Sea of Galilee, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen, or fisher people, probably fishermen, who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. I'm gonna show you this scene. I wanna take you, I can't take you to the Sea of Galilee, but I can take you to the Sea of Galilee. And so this is what it looks like. This is actually like the cove that they think this scene took place in. There was a, a different kind of spring or something like that that actually caused warmer water, which made more algae grow, which was known as a hot fishing spot at the time. And so if you're a career fisherman, are you gonna go to the good spot or not? Of course you are, right? This is your job, this is your livelihood. So this is where they went. I got one more picture here to show you. They would take a net, and so I just, I, I'm a visual learner. Any other visual learners in here? I just love to see. So they would take nets like this. They would take a net, not like this, obviously much bigger and more sophisticated, but they would take the net and they would cast it out over the side of the boat. And can you imagine, I mean, you, you can kind of see like the size of that net, how heavy this would get over time when it's soaking wet. And you're constantly, you're throwing and then you're reeling it back in and then you're throwing and reeling it back in. Can you imagine doing that as a job in a boat, trying to keep your balance over and over and over and over and over and not catching anything? Can you imagine? So it was a frustrating day or it was a frustrating night. And so they're on the shoreline. Jesus is teaching a crowd and they're just, they keep coming and they keep gathering and they've never heard a teacher quite like Jesus. And so they're crowding him on the shore and he gets this idea and he says, Simon, this fisherman, um, can you jump in your boat really quick? I'm gonna just sit in your boat and I'm gonna teach the crowd so I can get a little bit away from them, but they can hear me better. That's all it was. It was like an acoustics solution. So he jumps in the boat. Jesus jumps in the boat and starts teaching them. And it says he's teaching them about the kingdom of God. Teaching all of the people that are here. And it says the fishermen were mending their nets. They were washing their nets. So can you imagine using this net? A lot, any career fishermen in here? No, didn't think so. Okay, so Byron Center, right? Not a lot of opportunity there. So you take this net what else might you catch besides fish in this net? Debris, trash, algae, seaweed. Can you imagine how dirty this would get all night long? 
So here's what they would do. They would come up on shore and they would mend their nets and they would fix them where they ripped. They would clean them. They would pull it all out. And so Simon, also known as Peter, he changes his name later. Um, but Simon is cleaning all of his nets and fixing them and washing them after a long day's work. So it says, Jesus got in one of the boats, the one belonging with Simon, asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. From the boat. Luke 5, verse 4, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put in the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. How would you receive that if you're Simon? I mean, just put yourself in his shoes. You're tired. You're hot. You're sweaty. And what have you been doing for the last extended amount of time? You've been cleaning this net. It is just about done. You're ready to go home. You're ready to have some scrambled eggs. You're, just, you're ready to be done. And Jesus says, I have this idea. Why don't you just move out a little bit, take that net, toss it right back in. What, what goes through my, your mind right away? Mine says, that sounds like more work after a guaranteed night of no profit. We're just adding to it. And Jesus says, you know, just deep water. And you want me to get it all dirty? Are you kidding me? I'm tired. I haven't caught anything all night. But here's what he says, Luke 5, verse 5. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. Just want to inform you. I just want to let you know. I know you're a great teacher. I know these people love listening to you. I'm enjoying listening to you. I have caught Zero. Not a lot of chance here of me catching anything as I go out. But he says this. This is the second part of five. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, I love this, they had caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. Their names are James and John, uh, also known as the Sons of Thunder. Is that the coolest nickname you've ever heard in the Bible? <laughs> what do you have to do to get that name, right? So they bring them over, they come, and they fill both boats so full that they begin to sink. Can you imagine the crowd that is still on the shore watching the scene unfold? Like, time out. They were just cleaning, and they were just mending, and they were just fixing, and everything was good, and they were washed. And then they heard the teacher say, eh, just go over there and just you know, throw it out and see what happens. And then they do, and their boats are sinking in front of them because there's fish everywhere. Can you imagine? Now, hold on. Imagine the face of Jesus at this moment. Think about that. Here's Jesus, right? I, I tend to think God has a sense of humor, Okay. I just do. You have to wonder if Jesus is just sitting there going, who knew? <laughs> wow. Good thing you cast on that side because there was nothing on the other side. You guys, 50-50. You, you know, you just wonder, like, here he is, and it's just like, he's got to be just laughing, going, how cool is this? You guys were checked out. You guys were done. You guys had given up hope, but you were obedient. And you did what I said. And what was he just talking about do you remember the kingdom of god so he turns this into a metaphor i mean I just imagine like <laughs> imagine simon or like the sons of thunder right they're probably like some zippy kind of guys like where was he 12 hours ago like come on 
we're out here all night. We didn't catch anything. You coming back tomorrow? We can come all week and sit right here in my boat. You know, this special spot right here. You just tell me where to go. And I whoosh, got it. I mean, can you just think through this? And you just go, these are real people. And this is a real situation that really happened. And it stunned them that they were shocked and surprised. And here's a question that it begs. Why did Jesus do it? Have you ever wondered that? Why did Jesus do this miracle right here? And just as we've studied the miracles, I think there's two things that pop out to me every time Jesus does a miracle. The first one is this, it, a miracle, the purpose of a miracle describes or demonstrates who Jesus is and what he's capable of. Doesn't matter what miracle we talk about, doesn't matter where it is in scripture, but as you look, every miracle is some sort of demonstration or revelation that says, Jesus, this is who I am. And this is what I'm capable of. This is a taste of what I'm capable of. And so we look at this situation and we talk about, okay, if this is a metaphor and if Jesus is doing something bigger than what we see, we have to back up just a little bit before and understand what was Jesus talking about and how was he instructing his followers, the people that were listening, and then why did he do it to demonstrate it? What was he talking about? You remember? Say it with me like you mean it. The kingdom of God. So what does the kingdom of God and fishing have to do with each other? Just love this. This miracle, or you can just look at it this way, this metaphor was not about the fish. It was about the kingdom and about Jesus' capability in the kingdom with people who are obedient to him. Did you catch that? That the overwhelming amount of fish is even more special because they caught nothing all night long. That they worked and they labored and they toiled and they sweat and they, I mean, they just worked. I mean, these guys are workers, so fishing was like, it was a pretty profitable career, but it was hard work. They toiled and toiled and toiled all night long to get to the point where they had nothing to show for it. And Jesus says, but watch this. Look at what I can do. Look at when you're with me and when I'm with you, look at what you are capable of, not just physically, but in my kingdom. If you do what I say, look at the result that I can provide. It's so cool. So check this out. Um, Luke 5 verse 8 says this. When Simon Peter, I love that they say that, Simon Peter, because he changes his name later, saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said what? Please go away from me, Lord. Go away. I am a sinful man. Isn't it true that often when you're exposed with the presence of God, that when God's power and God's holiness and God's righteousness and perfection, when, when you're confronted with it, it's not just this external, wow, that's perfect, that's my goal. It becomes a light on the darkest places of our hearts. And you go, I can't be near you. I don't deserve it. I can't get close. I can't get, I mean, I'm so broken. I can't be around you. 
And that's his response to Jesus, go away, I'm a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners, aka the sons of thunder. They're blown away. Can you imagine the crowd too? Like part of me just wonders what the crowd was actually privy to in the conversation. Like, do you think they heard Jesus said cast on the other side? Oftentimes I just, I notice this about crowds, right? Crowds follow cool and big things. And, and you just wonder, did the crowd see everything that led up to the catch or did the crowd just see the catch? And they just go, wow, how cool. They're such good fishermen. Man, they just had an inkling or they had a thought or they had a guess and their experience and they just chalk it up to something human. And yet the guys who were involved went, this, this was nothing short of a miracle. This was God working through us, even more than that, despite us. Because we have a track record all night long. We know we caught nothing. And yet everybody else sees maybe a different story that played out in front of them. So I love this, um, Luke 5, 10b here, we're gonna go. And I love this because Jesus is now poised to reveal his purpose for doing this miracle in front of him. Here's what he says. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for, say it with me, people. So they pulled their boats up on shore. They left everything and they followed him. Jesus, come fish with me. Remember I was just talking about my kingdom? Remember I was talking about how God's working and it's right in front of us and he's active everywhere and yet so many people can't see it. Do you wanna come fish with me and catch something way more important than what's in your nets right now? Think about this, okay? They're fishermen and they just pulled in the biggest catch that they've ever pulled to the point that it's sinking both boats. Think about the wealth that just jumped into their boat. And I love the last line here. And it says they left it to follow Jesus because they loved the message that Jesus said, I'm up to something much greater and much more than the crowd can see, than you can see, but I can see it. And I wanna invite you into it. And I wanna give you a taste. And, and if you just follow me, you'll see it everywhere. And they go, what you just offered us, what we just experienced from you in a short couple minutes is worth us leaving everything we know, everything we put our hope in, all of our retirement, all of our career, our family, our livelihood. We, we, it all pales in comparison because of what we just experienced of your capability in the kingdom of God here on earth. And I just love this. Jesus is a master of meeting people right where they're at right where they're at. I mean, can you imagine like, had Jesus just come up to Simon and said, Simon, I want you to be in my crew. It's gonna be awesome. We're gonna travel around. We're gonna preach. We're gonna teach. We're gonna cast out demons. We're gonna heal people. We're, we're gonna go to the synagogues. We're, we're gonna go everywhere. We're, we're gonna usher in the kingdom of God into a world that's not ready for it, but needs it. Just come with me. Can you imagine like what Simon's response would be? Hey man, I'm just a fisherman. Okay, I'm not even that good, let's be honest, okay? Because the whole all night thing, 
kind of a normal thing for me. I don't catch a lot, but I'm not a preacher. I'm not a teacher. I'm not a traveler. I'm not a speaker. I'm definitely not a healer. I'm definitely not a demon caster outer. I'm not any of these things. Trust me, you don't want me involved. But Jesus, I just love this. He says, no, 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 hold on. I want you to use what you're good at and what you know to come be a part of my kingdom and use it in a slightly different way. Isn't that cool? That, that, when these guys, right, Simon and James and John, when it says they left everything to follow Jesus, notice they left a career of fishermen to go be what? Say it like you mean it. Fishermen. It's like what? They left the world to go do the kingdom. But they did the same thing. They just changed their approach. Isn't that nuts? I just think about us or think about me and I think about where I'm at in life and what, what I like to do and what I've learned how to do. That Jesus can actually say, hey, you can take exactly what you do and what you know how to do and what you've studied to do. You can take all of that and just package it a little bit differently and use it for my kingdom. And I will use it in my kingdom in such an overwhelmingly powerful way that you wouldn't even believe it if you saw it. What a cool invitation, isn't it? But I, I love this too. The fishing metaphor is so funny because um, fish, if you're a fisherman, remember, raise your hand. Just let me know. No, I'm not. Tim, okay, you and me. Thanks, Tim. And uh, fishing, fishing is hard work. So Jesus wasn't really like sugarcoating this for the disciples, right? Put us in the shoes of commercial fishermen. He said, hey, here, here's what I'm inviting you to. Long hours, uncertainty, hard labor, great days, horrible days, tedious work, heavy lifting, but all for the purpose of eternal kingdom impact. Well, we're used to that. Just the kingdom impact part, that's a little different. Isn't that cool? That what he doesn't promise is just come and just there's harvest just abundantly everywhere. You're never going to have to work. You're never going to have to try it. Imagine the muscles required to yank all of these fish out of the Sea of Galilee into their boat. Jesus says, it's a perfect metaphor. I'm inviting you to something that matters and things that matter are hard. And they're uncertain and they're difficult and it's going to require a lot from you and I love this too just this whole scene it's such a cool metaphor the whole scene of we just got done doing everything we had we gave up we're done for the day we're calling it quits and Jesus said perfect now we're time to go back in we're perfect you've now expended all of your energy you are no longer in the way great now I can come in and go just follow my lead just be obedient and you just cast that net where I tell you and watch the harvest that I will bring. It'll blow your mind. Jesus, I want you to learn how to fish for people with me. I can't do it. I'm not smart enough. I'm not well-spoken. I don't like to travel. My mom's at home, etc., etc., etc. Jesus, perfect because I'm the one doing the work, but I'm inviting you to be a part of it. I'm not looking for the qualified. I'm looking for the obedient. Are you catching that word obedient? So um, here's my question for you. Where do you find yourself right now? So where do you spend a majority of 
your time or your life. Maybe you're at school. Um, my wife's a nurse at the hospital. Maybe you're at the hospital. Maybe you're a teacher or a parent or a police officer. You're in business. Where, where do you find yourself right now? Here's my question. What if Jesus showed up to where you spend most of your time? Like think, let's just transfer this miracle to today. Um, so if you work at the hospital, what if Jesus showed up and healed your entire floor? That would be shocking. Would you agree? You're like, good grief, we're discharging people left and right. Have you guys met Jesus? You want to jump on the elevator? Let's hit some of the other floors, clear it out. Vacation, right, for all of us. Can you imagine what that would be? Jesus healed the entire floor. What if you're a bartender and your water spigot turned to wine? Before you judge that, Jesus did it. And you go, I've never seen, and it's better than everything? Yeah. And it's free? Yeah, kingdom, right? What if you're in business? What if you're in business and your sales skyrocket? All Jesus did was show up. And they're just, it's, it's to the point that you can't keep up and it's just, it is flowing in like you've never seen in your life. And then Jesus invited you. What would go through your mind? That's what happened here. Every fish that they yanked in was dollar bills. They're, they're literally, they, it's so many, they can't hold it. It's sinking their boat. A couple of others. What if you're a farmer? You just have an unbelievable, a hundredfold harvest. What if you're a teacher and you have students who actually want to learn? That was a joke. Come on, guys. Like, really? <laughs> Seriously? Teachers, wake up. Come on. Are there any teachers in the room? No. You know how I know? Oh, there are. Okay. Was that accurate or not? See, amen. Thank you. Good grief. All right. <laughs> Parents, maybe you'll get this one. Kids who want to listen. Any, any, all right. I need like the drummer. Anything? Nothing. All right. Glad I put those in there. Here's my question. Would you leave everything if Jesus showed up to follow him? If it meant you could do exactly what you know how to do in the exact way that you've been wired and gifted and placed, would you leave everything that this world is about and money and stuff and houses and goods and travel and vacation, would you leave all of that to use what you're good at and what you're gifted at in the kingdom to see a harvest that will blow your mind? Would you leave it? Because the disciples did. Because Simon did. Let's read this. Matthew 28. This is what Jesus said um, right before he ascended into heaven. Starting verse 18, he said, Then Jesus, or it says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples. Go fish for people of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Isn't it funny that the last thing Jesus said right before he ascends into heaven is, I just want to remind you, I'm in charge. Go. And go fish. Simon, remember when we first started and I blew your mind and you cast that net over the side of your boat and you, you just, 
you went, what the heck? Let's just give it a shot. And you cast it out. Do you remember what happened right after? So many fish and such an abundant, plentiful harvest that I just moved in and blessed you like crazy. Do you remember that? I'm sending you again. I'm leaving, but you have a job. And that is you grab your net and you cast that out to every neighborhood, to every work context, to every family, to every neighbor, to every friend, whatever it is, you cast that net over and over and over and you remember that it's hard work and that it's tedious and that it's tiring and it gets exhausting. And the moment that you lose hope, you pick it up again and you throw it right back out because I'm the Lord of the harvest, not you. This is the last thing Jesus says right before he ascends into heaven. So I wanted to share just a fun story as we wrap up here. Um, there's this 10-year-old girl up at Frontline. Um, her, she's just a riot. She's like one of my favorite people up at Frontline. And she calls me David um, just for the sake of being the only person in the world that calls me David. So I call her Addie because that sounds ridiculous, but no one else would call her Addie. Am I right? So me and Addie, we just have this fun, goofy relationship. So she decided one day, I'm going to write David a letter. I went, sweet. So her parents are texting me, just wait till this comes in the mail. It's hilarious. I was like, perfect. I can't wait. So I'm going to share the letter with you. I have a picture of the back. It's front and back, right? You got to love these when they come in. So front and back, I say that like I get them. This is the first letter I've ever received from anybody non-family, okay? So <clears throat> she writes me this letter. She says this, I'm going to read it to you. Dear David, I had a great idea for our church. Want to hear my idea? We make bags from our church to the homeless. We would put combs, food, water, and important everyday items, all caps, no money. Great, got it. Into a bag and put them by the cafe so anyone that goes to our church can put a few in their car and anytime they see a homeless person, they can give them a bag. What a good idea. It gets better. My friends and I would be happy to pack the bags on a day that works and we could use the offering money for the bags and food. <laughs> you are correct, Addie. Yes, you are. She said, let me know if we can or can't. And then she writes her phone number. <laughs> and if we put a pamphlet of our church in the bags, it would be great advertising. <laughs> I love this kid. She says, love, Addie Kelly. And then, I mean, you can see it. So, so she drew our cafe at church, and that's her. And there's a frontline bag. And then because she had to finish it off, she drew a homeless person down here. And the sign, if you can't read it, says, please help in any way. And then there's a frontline bag. And then somebody's driving the Jetsons car at the bottom. And it just says, have a bag. <laughs> is that awesome? Oh, like, this is the best idea I've ever heard. I love it. I talked to a couple people at church. We sent her some gift cards. We're like, we so believe in your idea. We want to see this come to fruition. We want you to lead the charge as a 10-year-old girl for us taking care of and reaching and ministering to the homeless people in Grand Rapids. Why? Because Addie understands fishing. She's going, hey, I'm no genius or anything, but I see some fish. Nobody's throwing a net out there. I got this crazy idea. We just put a bag together and use the offering money from church. And we're just gonna cast our net and just see what we catch. 
What a cool idea. What about you? I mean, I, really, I just, I wanna ask you, this is how we're gonna close today too. Um, we're gonna pray together for an idea from the Lord for you. Every one of you. Nobody's excluded, everybody can do this. God, give me an idea that I can cast out a net somewhere. Doesn't matter if it's one fish, doesn't matter if it's 100, 1,000, 10,000. Doesn't matter. Throw your net. Take it and go, God, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to cast this net to sow in and reap a kingdom harvest that will make a difference for eternity? So here's just my question. I've been waiting to do this the whole time. Do you have the guts to take your net and just throw it and hopefully catch? I caught one. Look at that. Any applause? I caught one. Look at that. Do you have the guts to take a risk and cast a net in whatever your context is? It's hard to share this. <laughs> Didn't plan on sharing this. We have a neighbor. send them out to go be fishers of men and of women and of students, neighbors, co-workers. God, every person in their context that doesn't know you, right now, God, we just pray for an idea right now, whether it's at work or at school, in a classroom, at home, with a family member, it doesn't matter what it is, God. I just pray that you give people an idea, bring a person to mind, bring a name to mind that just so matters to you and put them, put a name on every one of our hearts. And God, give us the courage and give us the boldness and call us to obedience, Father obey you to do what you've called us to do and to cast a net and to have a conversation. God, just give us the tools to pick up our pen or our guitar or our gym bag or our calculator or computer or whatever it is and move towards those who are lost from you because this is what you've called us and commissioned us to do. God, we love you and pray for a powerful moving of your Holy Spirit. We love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said.